Koshkast, coming at you like a North Korean missile. Some ups, some downs, and a probable fizzling out at the end. We'll probably start at Old Trafford, where miserly Moo man-marked his way to glory, while Arsenal play a three at the back and remain three back of United. Elsewhere, Liverpool win away, Bournemouth get Dembele'd, and Southampton are melee'd by City. We'll also delve into La Liga, where Gijon caused some panic, but Isco dances past them. We look ahead to the Champions League in midweek, and of course, celebrate the end of John Terry. Launch! Hello and welcome to the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. It's a full house again this week. Bernie to my left, how are you? I'm uh, wonderful. How are you doing, Alex? I'm very well, thank you. Roche, you are dressed splendidly. I am dressed as I always am, Alex. You're dressed pretty well yourself. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. It's the Mutual Appreciation Society. Mohamed, <laughs> how are you? I'm great. How am I dressed? You you have clothes on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I envy Mohamed's dress code. He's He's the most comfortable of us all. That's true. That's yeah, true. but he looks like a mongrel, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, so let's talk about football so that Mohanad can get involved. Um, I think it's appropriate we start at Old Trafford. No? I mean, with the mongrel tactics that we saw. <laughs> yeah, we could. Um, we saw the return of man-marking. Mm. I mean, before we get into that, first of all, the, the, the ga- before the game, uh, anyone surprised to not have Ibra in the starting lineup? Very surprised. Yeah. Um, very happy. I mean, I think the last part we were t- referencing that I may- might write an article about the subject. Yes. But uh, I did not actually expect that Mourinho would have the balls to leave him off. And it paid off. Absolutely. Yeah, I really like what I saw. I think the front two had uh, some interplay that I had not seen all season. Like, you know, there were some flicks and tricks with uh, Rashford and Lingard that you just haven't seen for a while. Well, the thing is also that with the minute Ibra was dropped the, the reason given was tiredness and this at the beginning of the game but I I had a feeling it wasn't I had a feeling that Mourinho wanted to change the system a little bit and play a bit differently and I knew that after the game had they won he would have told everyone that that was the case which he did sure um, because he did go you know what you guys all talk about uh, dropping Ibra because he's tired what if we just change the formation to win the game which is something you know Mourinho would definitely let you know that he was the mastermind yes. behind the whole thing the, the thing about this was Right after the Anderlecht game, he actually, for the first time this season, criticized Ibrahimovic's contribution. And Zlatan admitted, yeah, I'm not playing, I wasn't playing very well, I'm tired. So there was probably a little bit of, you didn't play well enough, you're saying you're tired, we're going to go with youth and exuberance and pace, and, and try and win this game. Yeah, and, and I think it was smart because, not because Zlatan doesn't contribute enough, although you could argue that, but... The, the three centre-backs at Chelsea usually end up dealing with one striker. Mm. So, all right, he's given them two, given them something else to think about. But it's not just two strikers, it's two very quick strikers who are willing to go right across that front line. And they're not staying central like Zlatan would, they're moving all around. And that's when Louise and Cahill get uncomfortable. They're not bad defenders if, you, if, they, ha- if they have one job to do and stay in a zone. But once you start moving them around, as we saw, they get, they, you know, they panic. We also saw what that means is that Need, Mkhitaryan couldn't get a spot on the team. Um, so, I mean, uh, that's something I kind of thought of afterwards. It's like, oh, wait, Mkhitaryan didn't play. Um, because, I mean, 100k a week Lingard took a spot, um, which he played really well. I mean, a few people played really well for United this game. Young at left back. Oh, young. yeah. And captain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And captain. I mean, Fellaini, now young. It's really doing the rounds. Personally, I was shocked by the United lineup with Young being captain, but then also with Fellaini once again in central midfield. And to be fair, both of them proved me wrong, proved Bernie wrong as well. I, I thought the individual performances from United, from 1 to 11, were absolutely fantastic. I, I honestly, Mourinho, then this is the thing. And one of my questions about this game is can Mourinho get the same level of performance out of this squad when yeah. there isn't like a vendetta on the line? Like Mourinho is pumped for this game, right? Because it's Chelsea. He's going back there. The fans have labeled him a Judas. He wants to win it and he wants to spoil Chelsea's day. And so he's able to get his players equally pumped up for this. And they were. They were brilliant. Herrera was the embodiment of everything that Mourinho wanted. We'll definitely get to Herrera in a lot more detail, but we were watching this game together, Alex, and and I said about the whole players pumped up and playing well, Mourinho can do his tactics all he wants. He can drop Ibra, he can, you know, do whatever he likes and kind of try and win the game tactically, but if his players don't buy in, then it's useless. It's not going to come off. They're pressuring on Chelsea, their energy off the ball, 
was something that we haven't seen from United in a long time. I mean, United, we always talk about how they miss chances, they're great going forward, blah, 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 but they're not scoring. But this game, it was like kind of the hustle in midfield was on a next level. It was a Liverpool-Tottenham kind of look. Yeah, and I don't think uh, Chelsea did themselves any favors because you saw a lot of straight passes. Uh, I think Mourinho set them up to disrupt Chelsea's play. Any long balls out the back were intercepted by Fellaini. Fellaini gave them out to the wings instantaneously. Um, and that's, that was the course of the entire match. Just, the, sorry, go the, ahead. Go the, ahead, the thing about this that was absolutely fantastic is Manchester United usually at home are the dominant force in terms of possession, which they still were, shots, again, which they still were, but the style of play is we're Manchester United, we're going to pass the ball around, we're going to create, I'm going to try and score, and then they can't. In this game, they said, come on, come at us, and they counterattacked them perfectly. That's how they scored via handball, obviously, but still. They counterattacked Chelsea absolutely brilliantly. Ander Herrera did the best man-marking job on any player I have seen in the last 10 years of watching football. It was he, yeah. Hazard had... He was gone. There was nothing he, <laughs> he could was. do about it. And there's a little gif that's been going around of literally... Hazard is walking. And Ander Herrera is walking behind him like a shadow. You're not letting him go. Yep. That was a masterclass. And by the way, Ander Herrera is one of the most intelligent midfielders in the Premier League. You watch that guy play... He knows exactly what to do on the pitch when you tell him to do it. Well, one, one of the funny... I don't disagree with you, although I don't, I don't like him because he seems annoying, but I do appreciate his talent. But one of the funniest things we saw yesterday that I've, I've never seen before is Herrera was not looking for the ball when United were in possession. But when occasionally someone gave it to him, he passed it away as soon as possible and then just turned away so that he wouldn't receive it again yeah. and went back to find Hazard. He just didn't want, even want the ball. And just an- another thing, sorry, because I know one, someone on Twitter said this has to be the Herrera pod. But the thing about Herrera, again, United fans have been calling for him to be captain. I said this on the pod a couple weeks ago that they called him for it, and people were like, what are you talking about? If you watch this game, he yelled at everyone, put them in the right positions. When they lost the ball, he was on top of them. He was literally orchestrating this Manchester United performance. I don't think we've seen anything like this in years in the Premier League, honest to God. You know why he's not captain, though? Oh, he's his, why is that? His weird voice? Yeah, his voice is <laughs> too annoying. You, got, like, you can't take it that seriously. Yeah. He looks um, a bit small, but he is a bulldog. He, no, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Herrera obviously played a very important role there. The other, the other man-marking assignment that Mourinho had was, I think it was Darmian on Pedro, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think what, what he saw or what Mourinho kind of analyzed on the Chelsea side is that he, he took away the two creative players on the Chelsea side. He just took him out of the game. So if it's not Hazard or Pedro, no one else is going to kind of provide their creativeness to Costa or to any other player because you've got Matic and Kante. If Fabregas was there, then maybe Fabregas would be a third option. But it's literally just... Whoever plays on that right, whether it be Pedro or William or whoever, and Hazard. And Mourinho saw that. And Mourinho definitely did very well to close them both down. So I also don't want to take away from Darmian's role no. here. He did very well to kind of stop that gap there. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to say. I mean, Chelsea had zero shots on target the entire match. That's probably the first time it's happened all season. Since first 2007, yeah. which was also against wow. Manchester United. And also ended 2-0. And I, and I want to highlight one quick thing. In our Throwback Thursday article, we mentioned uh, some, some... You mentioned, not some, we. Some, yeah, not some, we. Some, you. some extremely good defensive pairings. And I had mentioned uh, Rojo, Bailly, and Valencia in there, and I was ridiculed. But you just saw in this match exactly why they're there. Okay, we, we didn't say they were bad players. Yeah. It's just that you nominated them for PFA Player of the Year. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you're right. Your point, your point stands. They played yeah. a fantastic game this yes. game. Um, Bailly was, was a beast. Rojo knew how to get under Costa's skin, and that's what you do with Costa. You give him a few couple of nudges at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game, and he's completely not interested in playing the game in terms of the, the aim is to win the game anymore. No, his aim now is personal. It's to get you booked, it's to get under your skin, and it completely takes him out of the game. And that's, I'm pretty sure Conte will not be happy with what he saw from Costa this game. No, I, I think Conte has clearly worked very hard to, to get that kind of nonsense out of Costa's game. He, we've seen a lot less of it this season. And it really didn't take much for it to come back. Um, and I just kind of feel like there's already rumors about Costa leaving at the end of the season. And I, to me, it feels kind of inevitable. Um, I think they can do better. To be yeah, honest. no, yeah, oh, I think but, so. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but on Conte, I, I was surprised. We we all view him as a very astute tactical manager because he made this shift to three four three or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and it's done so well. The problem is, we've and we've said this before, we haven't seen what happens when it goes wrong, because it hasn't gone wrong. 
right? Mm-hmm. The only time it went wrong, I guess, was Crystal Palace. And Spurs a bit. But they dominated that game. But yeah, like, neither of those games were, were system failures, right? Mm-hmm. They just kind of happenstance. In this game, after 10 minutes, you could see what was happening, right? right? You could see the man-marking job. You could see that Chelsea were being suffocated. And it took him about 60 minutes to change anything. Look, I'll be fair to him. I, I don't think it took him that long. I think he's made, he made like three different changes during the game. The first was like 10 minutes in, he switched Moses and Azpilicueta, I think. He switched them up completely because Azpilicueta on the left was being completely eaten up by, I think it was Lingard. So he did oh, that. Valencia. Yeah, and Valencia and right. Lingard. He did that. It didn't really help. And then after they went down, he did bring on Sesk, um, took out a defender, I believe. Yeah, he he, he, made, he did a few things. It's just United played but, so uh, well. Obviously, one, sorry. Well, one mm. other thing is that Chelsea lost Marcus Alonso to yep. illness in the warm up, and yes. then Courtois was also not playing. In Basketball match. related injury for a commercial. Yeah, that really? Is, yeah. is that possible? Oh no way! Yeah. He, he, he was, was doing an NBA promo. Some it? something along those lines. Oh dear! But the, 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 to Alex's point, Chelsea squad is not that deep. No. in reality, and if you're bringing on, I'm firstly Mourinho. Props for when Sess came on, he brought on character to mitigate that. Yeah. But the fact is, when you actually look at what happens when Chelsea try to change things, it's Willian and Sesk. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't trust Bashwai whatsoever, so those are his two attacking options to change games. So when they are put under pressure, like Manchester United did today, Spurs, Arsenal did, it's very, very difficult for them to adjust, and they're going to have to fix that when they're in the Champions League, and which they probably will do. I, I think it's a good point, and he brought on, to, to your Batshuayi point, and, and I'm flummoxed by this. I mean, at the start of the season, Batshuayi came on in about three or four games in the last 20 minutes when Chelsea weren't winning, and got assists and goals, and he and Costa looked like a good partnership, and he looked like an effective sub, and now he can't even get five minutes, so something has clearly gone on there. But he brought on Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and he's been coming on as a sub for like a couple years now, and my question is, what is it that he does? His hairstyle, that's what he does. It's, it's horrendous. <laughs> so he's the Pogba of, of Chelsea. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I mean, we're, we're not even going to touch on Pogba too much because he didn't have a, a bad game. He didn't have a great game either. But I want to touch on something else before you know, before we move on is Hazard. To me, Herrera, we gave him all the praise he deserves. He did the job that he was supposed to do. He took out Hazard, which you know a lot of people think is the best player in the league and all that good stuff. Uh, a lot of his fans, Hazard's personal fans, think he's up there, top five, top whatever. They, you know, compare comparison with Neymar, so, Bale. Sorry, sorry, personal fans. Like, yeah, like people who that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> but, you know, people who okay. think Hazard is their favorite player, and they try and, and and kind of put him in that light and in that category. I think Hazard didn't do enough yes, uh, in the game. I believe that, yes, he was being man-marked by Herrera. Fine, and Herrera did a good job. But Hazard, to me, I watched, I watched the game and it just felt like he didn't want the responsibility. He didn't want to ask for it every single time. I was telling Alex that if you know you're being man-marked by someone, literally ask for it every time. And every time you get it, go down. Every time you get it, go down. That's it. Four times in, it's always the same player. Herrera, Hazard, Herrera, Hazard. The ref will give him a yellow 20 minutes in. Just you have to you have to take the game by the the but, horns, but, and he didn't do that. He shied away from that responsibility. And honestly, I like Costa did it. Costa, as slimy as he is, every time Rojo was there, he felt to be every very time. fair. To be very fair, in the FA Cup game, it was the FA Cup game where Herrera got sent off, right? That's the one. At, right before the sending off, Hazard was ripping us a new asshole. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So circumstances, sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, that guy was better than me. And that's all he could that, do. That's fine if I can see the, the attempt from Hazard. It wasn't there. Like It wasn't 100%. You know, it's an individual duel. I want to beat Herrera right now. And he just gave in. But there was one other thing at play. I mean, you, Hazard himself on the field is playing his position. But there, there's also a component like the service to Hazard, for example. And... Generally, it's Kante. Kante yep. was also non-existent in this game. That's true. He was he was marked out quite well. Him, yeah. him. I mean, Pogba did a good job on Kante, to be fair as well. We should move on. But one thing I, we're talking about influence and doing stuff. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. Marcus Rashford takes corners, free kicks, yeah, mm. and literally charges at everyone. He's 19 years old and taking responsibility at Manchester United. Watch that space. That kid is taking on everything. The fourth before we move on. <laughs> it, was just, it was a really good game. Herrera, we can't. I mean, we give him all the credit. We can't take away that pass to Rashford. That was a brilliant. Are you pass. talking about the handball or the pass? Well, 
The we'll handball pass to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give, we're giving him a pass on the handball, and he's yes. giving Rashford a pass. <laughs> That's good. And that comes down to the intelligence that he has. That's That's right. Right. Yeah. Same pass he gave McIntyre against Tottenham. He's very mm. good at that. He is, and, and Rashford, I thought the first touch was brilliant. His path for such a young player. I think Begovic's positioning could be a, a bit better towards the center of the goal. But you know what? For Rashford to take it like that and for Herrera to make that pass was great. Quick round of the table before we move on. Would you have called the handball? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Even in yeah. real okay. time. Like, this wasn't yeah. even one okay. of the ones where you need to replay. It's stupid in that in the rule, it's not a handball by I'm, the rule, but I would have called it. I'm just on Twitter a lot and there's a lot of like, no, the rules. And I get the rules, but like, it's too influential to not give. No, I, yeah, I, yeah I that was it. like yeah. the ball stopped dead. Okay, um, officially moving on. Okay. Um, <laughs> P.S. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. Let's move on. Um, Liverpool beat West Brom 1-0. Away from home. Um, this was a very important one for Liverpool. One, because this is the kind of team they will lose to away from home. Mm-hmm. And they need to keep that push for fourth place going. Um, it was 0-0 for quite 44 a while, minutes. I believe. For the first 44 minutes yeah. of this match. And then Firmino uh, came up with a really good goal, I thought. Uh, it was an okay It was a set piece flicked on... As, 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 I, Honestly, thought that the set piece was a bit short. Lucky to flick it on. <laughs> yeah. And then the back post headed by Firmino. I feel West Brom at this point. I mean, what else are you working on? Tony Pulis is making you take set pieces day and night. <laughs> and you have failed to defend a set piece. Yeah. To be fair, it doesn't happen that often. So I agree with you. It, maybe you can consider it a fluke that, you know, yeah. the best set piece team in the nation, <laughs> defending yeah. and scoring, got but, scored but on like Pulis that. did say that his fear is that once West Brom got to that 40-point mark, they would kind of let off and they have a lot of so he said that was his fear and they have very much I mean they've lost four in a row now I think but like in (laughs) the yeah when did they beat Arsenal didn't they beat Arsenal yeah but that was a few games ago was it it's been four games feels like yesterday (laughs) maybe it was three or four anyway but in the post game interviews he never sounds upset about losing anymore because he's he's safe so it's like well are you actually giving your players any incentive but um, to counter his usual method of uh, aerial bombardment uh, it turned out Klopp actually... Apparently there was like a windy day this week in Liverpool, midweek. And Klopp decided that's when he was going to train his team to deal with this aerial bombardment. So oh. he took them out on this windy day and just like lobbed balls at them. Whole training session. And then and he, Mor- Moreno flew away. <laughs> can, can we talk about Moreno? Yeah. Like this is the most thing we're going to talk about Moreno on Should this we? podcast. Yeah. I guarantee you. Sure. Is he the worst left back in the... Like, is he... Is he he's up there. Like, he's so bad. Or down there. Yeah. Is, that's and the, a good question. And who, who has been worse? Who are they supposed to replace him with? Because we all knew this going in. Well, like, Milner's done an Milner's, exceptional yeah. job. Like, okay, that's that's the sad part. Like Milner is the left back. Well, yeah, I mean, Moreno yeah. looked. He had that open goal towards the end of the game, yeah. where you know he could have given it to Firmino, whoever was running the whole field with him. He didn't. He said, even if you go for a goal, I do not begrudge him for going for goal. No. Just don't miss. It's literally oh, okay. Not just that. Means the last ten minutes of that game was. Very weird. It was epic. It was confusing. I Anything mean, could have happened. Was it Green? Who was the keeper? No, fuck Green. What? Uh, Buster. Not, Sorry. Buster. 2008's calling. He <laughs> wants his goalkeeper back. Buster, Buster. Was all the way up, making tackles, thinking he's Ter Stegen. And then Moreno missing open goals. It was it was crazy. I think someone hit the post. It was insane. I think Neuer's upset that you used yeah. Ter Stegen as a reference. Yeah. Instead well, of in the in the six one versus PSG, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of keepers, what is this Mignolet renaissance that's going on? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. That, that one on one he saved from um, Phillips. Wasn't Phillips it? was Chadley? fantastic. Yeah. Bruce Grobelar is upset. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and so am I. <laughs> I. I've got a quick stat. Um, so you're, when you said that the set piece was short and the header was good, the flick on, you're right. And it was Lucas that did it. And this is only the second time he's ever had two assists in a season. Who? <laughs> Lucas. That's oh, yeah. Story. He's a disgrace. Oh, yeah. I mean, anyways, the, the game ended with, uh, with that scoreline. And that puts Liverpool... I mean, they have a lot of games in hand. Um, they're in third. No, Actually, mean, no they've the played other extra teams games. have games in hand. On sorry, that. sorry, sorry. They've got extra games. They've played like one or two extra games than everyone around them, but they are in third. Um, if City do win, though, uh, they will leave probably. No, City are third now. City, City are fourth. Still the, yeah. But so they're yeah, behind Liverpool. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, um, uh, if you're looking at West Brom as well, eighth place, season over. That's why they lost the last three games. They're all on vacation. I mean, they'll take eighth place, to be fair. That's for, for how bad they started the season. They'll take it. I mean, they were for a while their relegation. How far is in United's hands, actually? I mean, if, if they win the next, if they win the two games they have in hand, they are going to be fourth. Yeah, 
That's that's how that's going uh, to work. Well, yeah, they would be in fourth because they would tie Liverpool, but Liverpool still four goals ahead on goal difference. Oh yeah, yeah. right yeah. now. But City as well, if you win both their games and, and they're even on game, City are one point it's, ahead. It's going to be fun. Well, I mean, let's talk about City before uh, before we do our quiz. Um, they beat Southampton three 0 away from home in the early game on I think it was a Saturday. This is a good win for City. This was a good win for City, or actually the late game. Um, the thing is, Vincent Company played. So he's been playing recently. He's come back from injury. I think it's his second game on the trot. Mm-hmm. Um, scored a goal. Celebrated like an absolute man. But were you not happy for him? No, I was. I was, I was, I was, I was very... Was. I hate City, but I was so happy for Vincent Kompany. <laughs> it meant a lot to him. It yeah. definitely meant a lot to him. You know he's a doubt for the next game. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Did he get injured in the celebration? Something. David Silva got that assist. And here's a, here's a stat for you. Mm-hmm. Um, David Silva has now been involved in more Premier League goals since the 11-12 season than any other midfielders. 33 goals, 57 assists. That is that is good stuff. What about Catamol? Catamol, huh? I think, is a goal behind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about and tackles? Three assists behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, no, uh, uh, but the second goal of this game, the finish by Leroy Sané mm. after the Kevin uh, the, De Bruyne. The counterattack? Yeah, the counterattack. Uh-huh. That finish between the goalie's legs. The first touch. It was silk. It was art. It was beautiful. Are we seeing more finishes between goalies? It feels that way. But I, think, you, you I feel like we've asked this question before. I, th- I think I you're know. noticing it more now because you're trying to do that in indoor soccer. That is true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. By the way, first half of this game, non-event. Yeah, Actual yeah. non-event. City were not up for it. I don't think Southampton cared either. It was just no. this weird thing. There should have been... No, actually... Okay, Forster, penalty or not? Do you guys see that? Uh, the Sane and Forster incident? Yeah, well, he got hard. the ball. No, a he, slight touch on the ball. It was a penalty. Very mate. slight, but was it a penalty? I don't think it was. He yeah. got the ball. He, get the ball. he got the ball fair and square way before making contact with Sane. That's the thing. So you I'm don't think sure. it's a penalty? No. I'm, my thing is, it took five replays for the commentators and us to establish if it was a penalty or not. How did the referee get that so right? Well, that's a different question. If you think the referee got lucky, it's a different question. <laughs> but it's like saying, had someone shot at, shot at a goal and he made the save with that same touch, would you not give him the save? No, of course. Okay. But I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm impressed that he yeah, got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's sure. the right call. I'm just sure. impressed that he got it. Um, if it's the penalty shot I'm thinking about, there is an incident that I will uh, reference, and it's the Rooney versus Arsenal oh, I hate it. penalty, yes. where Rooney literally kicked the ball into Rose the Stratford <laughs> end yes. and then let the but, goalkeeper But he was him. hacked. Right, right. In, this, in this yeah. instance, the goalie actually touched the ball. <laughs> but, but it was clearly I know what I mean. I know what I mean. Can we, can oh, we talk yeah, about how yeah. Fraser Foster is not good anymore? No, he's not. He goes up and down. He's been very much down this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. his company's goal... Yes. Uh, did you see him flap at that? I don't yeah. understand what that was. That should never have actually been a goal. He was, like, he was clapping the effort. <laughs> Foster is a man mountain. If he just stood still, he'd probably save more than he misses. Yeah, yes, that's, that's true. Um, quick, a quick question before we move on. I want to just I want to ask where Gabbiadini is and why Southampton have completely fallen off the rails ever since the he was gun. injured. He yeah. was. He, he this was back. his first game back. To be fair, he looked quite good yeah. until in the first half. He. Well, I was telling Alex about this. He. He's a very smart player. You can tell he knows what to do, when to do it. And every time he got the ball, he moved it on. He didn't, you know, as a number nine, he didn't hold on to it. And he really got them thinking. It's just City's um, kind of talents came through in the second half. And I want to just focus on one of those talents, Leroy Sané, one more time. He's extremely young. We did this. No, no, no. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys think he's going to be as good as I think he's going to be? Like, I think he, he could dominate this league in years to come. Okay, this, this, is, this is what I'll tell you. His first season, he's done very well. Yeah. So did Anthony Martial. So did Marcus Rashford. So did Iheanacho. So did Bellerin. You know, give it some time. Because sure. we've seen players absolutely dominate. It could Pep could wake up tomorrow and sign someone else. He could maybe not feel sign it. Let, let's wait on that. Because there have been better seasons. Martial season last season. Yeah. Better than Sané. So let's just relax a little bit. That's true. But I mean, he's lucky. He I'm not bad. talking about his talent. He's... I'm talking about his talent. I'm talking about situations. Could I, I, think, I think you're right. I mean, we can't, we can't predict what's going to happen. But I think he has it in him to be an incredibly I good I think player. there are a lot of players that have it, had it in them. Yeah. Or have it in them right the, now. The only other thing I'd say is that if he is as successful as you think he might be, I don't think he'll be in the Premiership that long. Yes. That's right. really philosophical. Well, I mean, you could say the same about Hazard. We didn't think he could be here for this long either. I mean, he's yeah, well, that's still... because he got trash and the Romans didn't want him anymore. Well, yeah, but, you know, so, it's different. Points. They can't buy everybody. Surely they can leave some behind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't test them. Um, what else? Let's, uh, let's do the quiz before we talk about... Wait, wait, uh, Aguero has 12 and 12. Is he still rubbish or...? He's always been rubbish. Oh, okay. I mean, stats don't mean anything. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Let's do the quiz. Okay. Uh, 
Welcome to the David Kuiz. Good. I, I like that. Strong, yeah. simple, yeah. nice. Effective. Strong in the back. Yeah, yeah. But it gets beaten 7-1. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. By the Germans. Or 2-0 over the weekend. Yeah. So, quiz brought to you as usual by Open Sports, which is an app you can download on Android and iOS. what's the other one called? iOS. Um, to find pickup sports in your city. Yep. Obviously, it's got soccer on there, which was we care about. Was that a question? Because I thought you phrased it. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. No. You guys don't <laughs> get a question. Australian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like sports in the city. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. we like open sports. We do. You should get them. We use them all the time. The weather's good, so definitely get on that. Yep. Very, very useful. Okay. You guys ready? Let's remind listeners. Rache, what's your buzzing? That was easy. Alex and Bernie. Fantastic. Here we go. We've got three questions today. Question number one. Name the only Italian to ever win a Premier League medal. That was easy. Gianluca Vialli. Wrong. Alex. Robert? No. No. Uh, I don't know. Roberto Di Matteo. No. Oh, as a manager. No, no, as oh, sorry, a player. As a player? Yeah. Wait. I'll start giving you clues if you want. That's terrible, actually. You want clues? Yeah. City. The oh. only Italian as a player. Barbalatelli. Yes. Oh. Well done. My guesses were horrendous. (laughs) They were. Question number two. Which were the three failed bids for the 2018 FIFA World Cup final, which Russia got? Uh, The United States. No. What? England. Yes. I mean, that's the easy one. Yeah. Okay, they were were, uh, European joint bids. France. No. Russia would have been one of them. Well, Russia won. Netherlands and Belgium. Yes. Um, so and, we, and we have two. There's one yes, more. One more. Now go south. Morocco. Italy. Morocco. What? In <laughs> Europe. Oh. Italy. No. Spain. And Portugal. Portugal. Yes. Um, so again, because we chopped that up, it's Portugal, Spain, Belgium, Netherlands, and then England. Mohamed. Yes. That was not fun. <laughs> yeah, that was horrendous. Because you guys didn't know any answers so far. All right. Yeah, yeah, I got the first one. I know oh, no, what it was. There's still one more. There's still one. You'll get this one. You'll get this one. Name the only player transferred in the Premier League between, well, between two Premier League clubs in January for more than twenty million pounds. That was easy. Juan Mata. No. What? Alex. Fernando Torres. No. What? This this transfer you window. You didn't say that. Okay. Well, uh, fine. Between Premier League clubs. Alex. Jordan Ayew. No. What? Jordan Ayew. And not Jordan. The other Ayew. No. Between Premier League clubs for more than twenty million pounds. Oh my God! It's killing me. Okay. Oh dear. Here's a clue. <sighs> Defensive mid. Morgenstein. Yes. Alright, before we go on with any uh, analysis of other games this weekend, we have someone to analyse. Yeah. Jonathan Terry. Jonathan? I don't know, I'm guessing. (laughs) John John Teza. It's it's like that one time we called Phil Jagielka Philbert for a whole podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think a whole month we did. (laughs) Anyway, John Terry. Is he a Premier League legend or is he a despicable see you next Tuesday? He's an upstanding human being and I love him to bits. Uh, well, you have to distinguish between player and person. As a person, hands down, despicable human being. <laughs> like, there's things that I can't say here. Okay, let's leave it at that. Say them. As a, as a, no, no. As a player, <laughs> even as a player, I have to say he's a bit of a despicable see you next Tuesday. I mean, I think, I think he's a legend of the Premier League. He, at one point, was one of the best, if not the best, defender in the world. He he did it all. Like, I think he doesn't get a lot of credit because he's that kind of vulgar English kind of person that just, like, goes into tackles really hard, doesn't have that touch <laughs> to bring the ball out of play from the back. And I think that goes against him, especially now, mm-hmm. how the game has evolved. But at the time, I mean, don't think of John Terry as of the last five years. At In his peak, he was phenomenal. I, I think at his peak, you would say that the I think the best end of defenders were Rio, Vidic, Terry, and I think was that Sol Campbell? Did they cross over? Yeah. Did, did that happen? Yeah. There was Ledley King as well. Ledley King as well, but Ledley King never played because of his knee, right? Yeah, but, yeah, he played but John guys. Terry was up there in the world. I'm talking about like 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 yeah. you're saying Real Madrid. He could have slotted in Barcelona the way P.O. played. He could have probably played. Nah, actually no, never mind. But <laughs> yeah. you get what I mean. He was very very good. Yeah. And Chelsea fans will tell you, captain, fantastic. He did so many good things for that club. He did a lot of good things for United. He, missed that, for England, he missed, missed that penalty in the yeah. Champions League final. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot for a lot did of the best, the best part of the highlights of his career that I really enjoy are the penalty miss and the subsequent crying fiesta, as well as Diaby's kick in his face that completely <laughs> oh. him out. Oh, I, that was, to this yeah. day, and this is how much I hate John Terry because he's a terrible human being. To this day, I still watch that 45-second clip on YouTube. <laughs> where Dia- that moment of contact of Diaby's foot into Terry's face. Are we judging him based on Wayne Bridge, though? 
Yeah, well, yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, let's list the things that we're judging him on. There's Wayne Bridge. Uh-huh. There's Anton being, Ferdinand. There's yes, Anton Ferdinand. Yes. yes. There's uh, inviting people into the dressing room of Stamford Bridge and ma- doing paid tours. Uh-huh. There's a full his, kit wanker thing. Yes. Champions League final. Yes. There's his uncle dad. is a drug dealer. Uh-huh. His, his dad uncle, yeah. has been charged with stealing money a whole bunch of times. It's right. Like your son is a multi multi million. But on the debt. plus side. He was a fantastic central defender who yes. has won everything there is to win in club football yeah. and literally was the only youth product to ever mean anything from Chelsea. So, you know what? I think the positives kind of outweigh the negative for John Terry. I think earlier we spoke about Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're now being harsh. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, he, he was a fantastic defender and you know who else was a fantastic defender? Who? His lawyer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also, I mean, if we're going to judge him that way, people... You know, the best player the Premier League has ever seen in gigs had an affair with his brother's wife for eight years and broke oh, yeah. up the whole yeah, family. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Doesn't, doesn't count, count. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely um, not. All right, so that, that's what we have to say about John Terry. Okay, he's racist. Yes, sure. Um, <laughs> Hate him. Watch the Diaby kick on his face. <laughs> so, so, sorry, sorry. Carly okay, Cup question. Final. Question. Of the English see you next Tuesdays, because most yeah. of them who have been English captains are yeah. see you next Tuesdays. Rooney, Gerrard... And John Terry. Lampard. Is John Terry... Oh, Lampard's a good guy. Lampard's is John Terry... I hate Shira. Yeah. Is John Terry the highest? Like, what does he rank? John Terry... Let's just go Rooney, Gerard, and John Terry. John what Terry's a rank? boss. Mm-hmm. Like he's, there's a lot of negatives. I'm but, talking only about the negatives. Yeah. But like, you, you know, it's, I don't want to say you'd want to be him. I'm just saying like, he's the cooler one of the three. I don't think he is because marketing Rooney is a marketing juggernaut. So sure. Rooney is probably seen <laughs> as Every other the coolest But do you want to look like Rooney? No, <laughs> honestly, like out of the three, I think John Terry is the most like uh, he has more most command of the English language. Rooney <laughs> cannot say anything. The best thing about Rooney is just his name. Rooney, oh Rooney, wow, it sounds like a great player. John Terry, John Terry's gonna say words that you never knew existed. Is Stephen Gerrard consequential in this? Debate? He just I, uh, no one knows what he's saying either. <laughs> you know the choice is bad when John Terry is the intellectual of, the, of your options. Yeah. Um, um, the, the, other, the other two haven't done racist things, so for me, that's that's it. So, well, I mean, yeah, you yeah. couldn't tell if they did because you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rooney's also going to uh, to China, so the racism he might still come on out. his wife too with a prostitute. He did. Yeah, so, but he was 19 at the time, whereas when Terry did the bridge thing, like he was very much an adult. So, it, was, it was his teammate. Also, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's less about the wife. It's more about like there's a lot of other people. Why your teammates? Like, anyways. Let's Thibaut, move on. Thibaut Courtois. Yeah, Thibaut Courtois. He was a legend. Runs in Chelsea's DNA, I guess. <laughs> okay, well. It's running in someone's oh, DNA. Yes. <laughs> That's what I tried to cut out. Anyways, um, let's, let's move on to the actual games. Spurs beat Bournemouth 4-0. Bournemouth got their cherry popped while we're at it. Yes, well done. Um, Dembele, great game, as usual. He... Uh, first goal of the season. So, you know, good stuff. He dominant. His passing complete his pass completed was completed. Pass completed. <laughs> Completion. I'm, I'm still thinking about John Terry. Same. Um, to be fair. Most people are to be honest. So has Wayne Bridges White. Ninety eight point five percent. What is that? Completion. <laughs> is that John Terry's success rate? No, that, that's the Durex success rate. <laughs> oh, mate. We apologize for this part. Uh, completely I can't. Like, I don't think I can talk about anything. Right, let's bring this back on track. I wrote an article recently comparing Manchester United's chances and their, you know, their attack and their defense statistics. Yeah. Spurs are actually the best attack in the league and the best defense in the league. Correct. Yep. And they showed that in this game. Why are they winning the league, though? I mean, it's true. They are close. I mean, this game puts them only four points away from Chelsea. And That's people true. want to say it's over and whatnot. But, it, it, you know, think about it this way. Had Chelsea lost to City a weekend ago or two or whatever it was, and then lost to um, United this weekend, Spurs would be a point away. So Chelsea are a loss away from it getting really wobbly. And they might get that loss. I mean, Tottenham need to win all the games. Mm-hmm. But in the form they're in, they might do it. And Bournemouth, we talked about before, and we wrote that article on the blog about how they concede way too many goals and are still probably going to stay up. And this is one of those examples. We said when they concede, they concede in buckets, but it doesn't matter because it's the same three yeah, points. Yeah, they concede in buckets to the point that Vincent Janssen scored a goal. That is a good that's point. That's when you know that your defense is absolutely terrible. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah. that's true. Um, but, Alex, sorry, stat on Vincent Janssen. Yes. I think they said it took him 28 attempts or something like that, or 29 shots to score his first goal for Tottenham. 
it took him 28 to do the same thing for AZ, I, I, for AZ or whatever. Yeah. So, so now he's going to kick off? Well, well, they're saying if, you know, it, okay. it, it, it looks like it's going <laughs> to I mean, he, he had one hot season with AZ where he was like 34 appearances, 27 goals. Now he's come to Tottenham and he's, he's got two or three goals. But yeah, two of them one, are penalties. I mean, and the, yeah. the thing to take into consideration is that he was in essentially non-league before his one season with Uzzed, and he was bought by Tottenham after that one season. So this is only his second professional season of football. Sounds like Giroud. Yeah, sounds yeah, like Cialni. A bit, yeah. But he's younger, so... Um, 12 wins in 12 for Spurs at home. The longest ever winning stretch at I mean, Spurs are unbeaten at home this season. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Sorry, have they won every home game? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or they just... have... No, but they've won the last 12. Oh, oh. Sorry, sorry. They haven't lost at home and they've won the last 12. That's impressive. Yeah, so... and, and the, uh, the, sorry, the last few have been without Kane too. That is also impressive. I mean, players like Son stepping up. Ericsson and, and uh, Deli Ali behind whoever plays up top. It doesn't At this point, it doesn't even seem to matter. I mean, they had Janssen in some of these games and it still came out winners. So. Perfectly drilled. Yeah, looking, yeah. looking at the run-in right now, you're thinking, well, okay, uh, off the top two... Who's in the most or the better championship form? Tottenham Hotspur's hand down because Chelsea Chelsea are dropping points but right now. Chelsea have a very forgiving end to the season in comparison yeah. to Tottenham. Tottenham still have to play United at home, uh, Arsenal at home. I think they have another one. I can't remember who it is, but they have a very difficult run in going in. They do, them. and they also have Chelsea coming up on the weekend in the FA Cup semi-final. Now, you can read into this or not. Some people will say whoever wins it takes momentum into the league. I don't really buy that. I think they're two different things. But it will be interesting to see how that affects people you know, and, and their mentality. I think I agree with you that it would affect Chelsea more. If Spurs lose, not a big deal. Okay, whatever. If Chelsea lose another game, you know, three out of right. whatever, four, four yeah. that, w- that would really put a dent into their confidence a little bit. Because they believed in that system that they have so much that now it might start to, uh, to crumble a little bit. All right, um, let's move on to their Arsenal neighbours um, who are away. Their Arsenal neighbours. Their, their London neighbours. <laughs> yeah, I know, their London neighbours um, who are away at Middlesbrough. And I think today commemorates a very important day oh, in the, massive, life, in the life of day. every Arsenal fan. Massive really? day. Uh, yes, it is the day which Arsene Wenger has changed formation for the first time in 20 years. Oh, well, okay. Oh. No, it, it's happened twice. Yes. Right. So. He changed from four four two to four three three a few years after everyone else did it, and that was in like the um, what late noughties, <coughs> yeah, like yeah two thousand eight ish. And then this is the first. Now he's changed to a three four two one for this match at least. Yes, for the first time in yeah, like. 10 I years. mean, you should have seen Twitter when the lineup came out when the official Alex. lineup. <laughs> Alex lost his mind. Didn't know what to do with himself. It's true. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I I still consider this a failure because Burrow scored. Sure. And Borough don't score. <laughs> sure. Yeah, reasonable. I mean, to be fair, Arsenal won the game, but they didn't look convincing at all. I mean, it was at 1-1 at one point, and it looked like the game would end at 1-1. And you're right, there is no business for Borough to be scoring goals. You're Where was agree. this game? Sorry. In Middlesbrough. And, and mm-hmm. I think Arsene Wenger was asked about the, the change of formation, and he said, I wanted three centre-backs to deal with more long balls, give us more stability. And that might be the case. But to me, I think what this was, was Arsene just trying something else to get his side out of the slump. Because he's tried a number of things. He's tried a number of different lineups, different players in different has, positions. Has he tried retiring? <laughs> that's the one thing left. That, okay. that's, you know, but this worked, so he doesn't need to. To, to uh, be fair, but, Alex, to be fair to you, you were talking about he's trying something new to get things going. Trying Monreal as a wingback proved yeah. that... At least he learned not to do that again. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing. But he also took, on the other side, he took Bellerin out of the firing line because last game, and we didn't talk about this in midweek on Monday because we had the podcast on Sunday, the, the Arsenal fans at the one game, Crystal Palace, when they lost 3-0, were chanting in one voice, you are not fit to wear the shirt. And Bellerin was like right there. The ball went out of play. They didn't give him back the ball. They were yelling, you're not fit to wear the shirt. And obviously it's about everybody, but he clearly... I was going to ask you the question. Was that specifically about Bellerin or about the It wasn't, but he was right there and he took the brunt of it. And then he came at the end of the game to, you know, applaud the fans and they kind of told him to go away. So he took the brunt of it and he clearly took him out of the fire lineup because he wasn't injured and he came on at the end of the game. So, Mm. I mean... I don't, yes, that, all that happened, I don't think this was about taking him out of the firing line because of that incident, unless it has really mentally affected him, which would be disappointing from a professional yes. footballer, yes. but it's more that his form has just been utterly horrendous since he came back from injury. He's lost the pace that, make him, that makes him a stellar player, because honestly, when you take that out of his game, there isn't that much left. 
He's not a brilliant crosser of the ball. He's not brilliant defensively yet. Hopefully that will improve. So I, I think this was the right move. And Oxlade Chamberlain played right wing back and did a really bloody good job. That's, he, that's he was man of the match for you guys. Me, so he's a man of the match for yep. you guys. Is it simply the case of I need someone to play wing back? And yeah. Oxley Chamberlain is just simply better at wing back than Bellerin. Is that was that what no. his decision simply was? I think I think Bellerin is really really suited for the wing back position way more than the right back position. Mm. It's just I re- truly believe that he just didn't want to play Bellerin. One that very very bad form, and two I really think he he was quite affected by last game's um, kind of antics. Um, yeah. But Ox, Ox is suited for that position because he, he can see the whole game in front of him. He doesn't need to get it and turn and do all that stuff, which he's maybe not the best at. And he can just run at people, and that's what he did. Another thing about Arsene Wenger that I found completely shocking before this game, and to me it just shows the standard that you like to talk about. He literally said, if we lose Oxlade-Chamberlain, it will be a tragedy. <laughs> and it will be shocking to the team. Yeah. As good as I think he has been in the last couple cameos and things... For you to make that statement about Oxlade Chamberlain just shows exactly why you are failing at Arsenal. That is exactly why. Have higher standards than that. Yeah, it's as simple as that. He should be a, a player of Ox's stature and ability in kind of relative to everyone around him should be dispensable. Mm-hmm. This is this is the kind of uh, Arsene Wenger ideology that has been misplaced over the years. Wenger is emotionally attached to the players he has developed. Mm. Yeah. Walcott, Oxlade, Chamberlain. They're not great players, but he's emotionally attached to them. Mm -hmm. Kieran Gibbs, why are these three players still in the lineup? (laughs) They all look the same to him. (laughs) (laughs) To the referee rather than to them. I I think that's a really good point. His his emotional investment does keep players at the club for far too long. But just to play devil's advocate and flip that on on its head, you could say that someone of Oxlade, Chamberlain's stature being lost by the club is a bigger tragedy because, like... That's just a squad player. If you can't even keep hold of your squad players, then you're in serious trouble. Losing your best two players to big clubs is something that's always happened. Right. But losing, you know... I see your point. Once Ox feels it's time to, yeah, to, then to bail, then you're really level, But right. then is it a tragedy if the rumoured £35 million bid from that's, Liverpool that's comes awesome. in? I, I, if, if that rumour, which is, like we said, nonsense, <laughs> comes true, you... As Harry Redknapp would say, you put him in a wheelbarrow and you move him to Liverpool, you're goddamn I will self. carry him on my back from here, from Toronto. Swim with him across. And you'll fly. Yeah. So, yeah. Someone else, um, just to, to mention Middlesbrough a little bit in, in this game. Someone else who will be bought, I think, in the summer for quite a lot of money. Daniel Ayala was an absolute rock. Has been. Yes. And, and Borough are, are a bad team going forward. They can't score goals. But they've conceded less goals than Arsenal this season, I think, or about the same. Less. And, and Daniel Ayala is one of the reasons. He was superb. Yeah, before we move on from this game, which is the last game we're talking about in the Premier League, um, Sancho scored a really, really nice free kick. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very close to goal. I thought it dipped really well, uh, quite fast. So that was that was a fun uh, that was a fun goal to see. The other one was um, Ozil. Ozil. Mez- uh, Ramsey. He chested it down to Ozil. Ozil with his right foot. Also another thing to put in every Arsenal fan's um, diary. But... Ramsey and Shaka didn't look the most... I mean, this game, Middlesbrough could have really gotten something out of it. And Ramsey, I, I, I don't know what he brings. I, I have no idea why he plays. How about this? Yeah. How about that? How about that? How about <laughs> let's, that? Let's stop talking about Ramsey. Please. Yeah. And let's, let, let's end the Arsenal segment before we go to Mumu with a roundtable discussion. Okay. Yes. Would you pay Alexis Sanchez 200 k week? No. As the Wenger says, it's going to be a problem if they do it. Yes. Rishay, would you do it? No. Mohanad? 100%. I would do it. Alex? No. Okay. Split. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. No, and then what? And then you buy Insigne. I. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. I <laughs> Momo. One thing we are no sha. Momo no fit sleep forever. One day Momo go wake up. Mumu of the Week time now, and Mumu of the Week is brought to you by footballheads.com. That is F-U-T-B-O-L, heads with a Z.com. They're an apparel brand bringing you the freshest snapbacks, beanies, and t-shirts to wear with their customized football club-oriented designs. You listen to us, and so you put UTC in on the website and the code section, and you get 15% off, which is not a bad deal. I'm thinking of getting some matching hats for the groomsmen, for the bachelor party oh, from, from Football Heads. That, that could be, be really good. useful stuff. Be but are they all from the same club? That would be I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that off, yeah. offline. But um, so our listeners know, Mumu is Nigerian Pidgin English, so street slang for fool, idiot, just someone that you just don't like for stupid things. And we like to talk about people who do stupid things off the pitch. And uh, this week, I have 
an amazing off-the-pitch move because he wasn't playing. And yep. that's Lucas Perez and Ospina by virtue of his injuries. Um, <laughs> so Arsenal were losing to uh, Palace, was yep. it? They were losing to Palace. And uh, they were not, A, watching the game, but they were playing some virtual reality game. I don't know which game it was, but they were they had their VR headsets and they were playing this game. Instead of watching, Instead their, of watching their team lose. Maybe it was a game in which Arsenal win games. <laughs> Maybe. Well, there was a gun, which is interesting. Oh, okay. And the gunner's thing is interesting. Right. But he, this, he, he then decided to post the video during the game. So how <laughs> long are you watching well, during the, But he's posting it live. Yeah. And it's just, what is wrong the with The first thing you? I would do as manager is to ban any social media during a match. Well, I mean, th- th- that comes with common sense, though. You like, shouldn't I, need to. I have no issue yeah. with him being on the VR. Mm-hmm. Just don't post it. I mean, I have an issue with him being on the VR. He should yeah. be watching his team suffer. Yeah. Like, that's what he should be doing. To me, yeah. the biggest issue is that he's not in the squad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He should be in the squad. Thank you. Ospina is also also in the wrong. Place. Yes, and I think it's because he keeps faking injuries. He's well, playing in a <laughs> he's playing in a world where he's not injured. <laughs> uh, second Mumu this week. Uh, Felipe Melo, everyone's favorite absolute lunatic, who's yeah. currently playing for, <laughs> currently playing for Palmeiras. Um, he said, "Gaston Rodriguez spent the whole game calling me a monkey. I think his wife must have betrayed him with a black man." Wow, way to take the the higher road, man. He, he, w- he went on to say, "If it was Felipe from a long time ago, referencing himself, I'd have hit him, but God has regenerated me. I've learned a lot." I'm- so. You know, so he he's, he's traded blows for insults. Sorry, what's the name of the guy that insulted him? Uh, Gaston Rodriguez. I wonder if Gaston Rodriguez's wife is the girlfriend of the South, guy who in South Africa talked about his girlfriend in the man the man. Yeah, our latest, Ooh. our Mumu, like a few weeks ago, he yeah. was a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would bring it nicely to a full circle. That would be amazing. Bernie that working would. for Interpol. Or something? <laughs> wow. I'll <laughs> Mumu. <laughs> One thing we I know, Sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. Champions League time. Uh, a little bit of continental Europe. Yes. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I say continental Europe. We're going to start with Leicester and Letty. When you say continental, I just think of breakfast and now I want a croissant. Um, well, you're starting don't with breakfast. Say oh, God, word, Alex, I'm so hungry. Don't right say now. the word croissant <laughs> around me. Anyways, um, Atleti uh, hosted Leicester and beat them 1-0. On a technicality. So, so Atleti hosted Leicester, and let's just touch on Madrid hosting Leicester fans. Yeah, How yeah, How did yeah. that go? I mean, it went from the whole Dortmund-Monaco bus thing, where the whole fans came together, and it was a celebration of humankind mm-hmm. and all that, to then, a day later, Leicester singing about Gibraltar, Gibraltar in Madrid. And robbing and, pubs. yeah. This is why Jamie Vardy stayed, by the way. Because <laughs> yes. all these people are a reflection of him. Yes, so this is, when they wore the sure. mask, they just became sure. Jamie Vardy. So I guess they did deserve that yeah. non-penalty call that gave Atleti the lead 1-0. I mean, it was outside the box. Yes. It was a bit of... Like, Griezmann was looking for it. Yeah. But equally, Albrighton was really stupid to even go in on that. Do you guys remember when Roche said... I think it was about James or something like that. <laughs> that it was so close to the penalty box that you might as well give a penalty. Yeah. They listened to you. Yeah, they did, yeah. It was for the for the good of the game. Let's be fair. If Atleti get a free kick it's... in crossing range, it's as good as a goal uh, anyway. You know, you know what, about this game, I don't think Leicester did that bad. Considering no. it was away at the Vicente Calderon to Atletico Madrid. They did brilliantly. Yeah, there was, they, they were bombarded, to be fair. They're lucky to come our well, way with this with the 1-0. To be fair, besides that, there were just a few long shots. One that hit the post from Koke. A yep. couple of over-the-bars. Yep. That's about it. Vardy had the worst stats like, of any human to ever play football. Mm-hmm. He like had, I think, two passes all game. And like both of them were incomplete. Like Something like he, he wasn't even in the game. He might as well have been... There is the one thing, though, about Jamie Vardy yeah. that I really love right now. It's the simple fact that I believe we had a debate oh. on the first pods where go. Mohanad said that him not he choosing well refusing Arsenal was a bad idea because they would play like what four games in the Champions League and they would not it'd be inconsequential. They're in the quarterfinals. Arsenal are nowhere to be found and mm. they have had a renaissance in the Premier League. So round table <laughs> was his rejection of Arsenal <laughs> worth it? Yes. Yes. One, two, yes. yes. One, two, yes. <laughs> Miracle soon. <laughs> <happened, ladies and laughs> um, so, Rache, you were saying earlier that Leicester is still in this game. Yeah. For, for sure. In this tie, sorry. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I mean, we saw in the last match, they came back, they overturned a deficit against Sevilla, 2-0 at home. You could, I mean, you could expect the same kind of performance when they play against Atletico. But the thing is, Atletico score one, Leicester need three. That was going to be tough. Yeah. 
Still wouldn't put it past them, though, I mean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We we touched on the Monaco Dortmund thing. Obviously, the pregame situation was was a shame. Uh, Mark Bartra was slightly wounded and all that stuff. And, you know, we'll spare you that. They're actually quite lucky, to be honest. The timings of the bombs were were basically off. I mean, people were saying there was, like, nails in the heads, in the headrests. Like, that's how close it could have... That's how bad it could have been. That's pretty bad. Um, But moving on from that, they played the game a day later, Mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of people are saying was not enough. Because if you heard the, the Dortmund... Uh, coach, uh, coaching staff and players after that game saying we were definitely not mentally prepared to play this game. Anyways, UEFA decided to do it. Um, the game, we all knew that it would be a goal fest when Monaco meet um, Dortmund. Dortmund. We knew this and it ended up 3-2 and it didn't disappoint to be fair. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, it looked as though early on that Monaco were going to kind of run away with it and that got two, I think. One of them, a brilliant finish. Oh, nicked mm-hmm. off, uh, not to mention the penalty miss. Yeah, well, there was a penalty miss too, which could have made the, the gap even bigger. But I thought Dortmund did brilliantly well, A, to compete in this game given the situation, but B, to come back into it in the way that which they Which gives them a chance, because I know there's three away goals, but we know Monaco, I mean, they can score a lot, but they don't defend very well. So there is a chance for Dortmund to turn yeah. this around. Kagawa coming clutch at the end and assisting a My goal. My boy! Yeah, your boy, yeah. I just want to highlight, I think, you know, despite Monaco's early dominance and, you know, the own goal by Bender and everything... I think that Dortmund kind of threw this one away because, I mean, for Monaco's third goal, a bad back mm. pass, Mbappe was one-on-one. Great finish and everything, but they had no business being in that position to begin with. How good is Sven Bender's own goal, though, by the way? Though? It was spectacular. And I love that he tried to claim that, that it was a foul or something. He's like, mate, you did a diving header. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, Mohanid, you pulled up a stat recently about Mbappe. Well, it's not just about Mbappe, but... Go on. It was the effectiveness of uh, like number of goals to minutes played and like if basically contributions, assists as well. Mm. And Mbappe was first in the whole of Europe. Yeah, second, well, first and in second place is Messi. So it shows you kind of who, what company he's in this season in terms I, I of the hope, stats. I hope he stays at Monaco another year. Agreed. I really do. He I will mean, be it depends. Up it depends. He it depends. If he goes to Madrid, that's messed up. But if he goes to somewhere. You know, in the middle, he'll be okay. I hope so. I hope now, so. now, I know you're talking about Mbappe and, you know, Messi in the same sentence for some odd reason. <laughs> but earlier, before the pod started, you also did mention, oh, look at that. That's like shades of Henri, mate. That's shades of Henri. And I think he is... No, no. Got, it's, he's, he's got Henri finishing, yeah. but he's got Gilberto Silva's body. Sure. I think it's shades of Theo, to be fair. I, 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 you know that he's better than Henri at the same age, right? It's yeah, that's actually not even close. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, see how he... The thing is, Henri just skyrocketed. Like, he just decided to become one of the best players ever. Like, all of a sudden. So, Mbappe is in a good kind of if it, trajectory. If he maintains it. If he maintains right. it, yeah. Um, anyways, moving on. Madrid, Bayern, Munich. Um, this was a game of literally two halves. Yes. Bayern yeah. looked fantastic in the Every first half. It, it, two halves <laughs> and one Javi Martinez. Hey. And one Vidal missed penalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a shame because that would have killed the game. I think. He was playing well. He was. He's playing, he, he scored. scored. He scored a brilliant header. What a hit! And then missed, missed the much easier one. Yes. Right after. Roche, you described his head as something. I can't remember what it was, but it was very, very funny. Vidal's head. Yeah. Anyway, it's like a Toblerone or something. Anyway, <laughs> was that me? I think so. <laughs> was that a dream, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> um, but Bayern played really well in the first, and I think when we predicted this game, we said that we felt that Bayern. We're gonna look the better team. I and mean, they did lose. until the red. But you, but Madrid are kind of a reflection of Ronaldo. They they put up the stats. They put up the goals. And Ronaldo had a man of the match performance. And no matter how they look or what they do, they will get the goals needed to get through. Yeah. And that's what they've done in the Champions League recently. And they've done it this game again. You know what? I think in this match, Bayern were their own biggest enemy because you you see Ancelotti versus Zidane, uh, master versus student in mm-hmm. some ways. Now Bayern were up one nil. And they also missed a penalty. They could have been up 2-0. Yep. They got that red card. And at that point, it Silly was all one-way card. traffic. Silly. Like two yellows in four it minutes. Was, it was a bit of a shame. But it also exposes something that we didn't really think about. Is that they actually... Their squad depth is not that great outside of the Bundesliga. Because... Lewandowski injured. And the substitute is Thomas Muller. Who ordinarily, you would say... Is a fine, great substitute. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. But he wouldn't even be a sub. He would be on. But his form has been so, so bad this season that it's like playing with a man less he didn't he didn't do you remember Thomas Muller in this game no no, no he was, was horrendous did he take the corner for Vidal sure but he got an assist <laughs> <laughs> he played the stats he, it was it was one of Muller's worst performances and I, I take your point about the squad depth but then you think of Kingsley Coman and um, Douglas Costa and players like that and 
Ancelotti is a brilliant manager, obviously, but he's also quite a traditional one. Whereas someone else in this situation might have gone, all right, Muller's in terrible form, so we're going to go force nine or try something else. Mm -hmm. Ancelotti doesn't. He does what he knows. Also, it was very surprising to watch Munich crumble. I know they were 10 men. I know they, they looked exhausted at that point, but... They didn't really hold a tactical shape at that point. It's like you could have taken the one 0 you could have even taken the one one. But then they just they, they left it so open. They they attacked a lot, they countered attacked Madrid a lot, and I thought they would just take the one one to the Bernabeu. I think what's concerning about Sorry, what, to, what, what yeah. you're bringing up is right before they even got the sending off, the tide had turned. Ronaldo had scored the goal. Obviously, Harmington got sent off. Zidane figured something out and communicated that to his players. Ancelotti did not. There was no shift. There was absolutely no shift at all. Was it Alex that mentioned something about Zidane being a young manager recently? Because I was talking to someone and he said something very smart. He said Zidane is a young manager. Mm. And you can see it in how he starts games and how he ends games. Mm. And as games go on, he gets better. So I think it was a Madrid fan who was saying just from watching Madrid, first half, Zidane usually doesn't get it right. Mm. They don't look very good. The game is still in the balance. Halftime comes along, he makes a few changes, he realizes why he started off wrong, and Madrid are good enough to still be in the game at that point, and then they always improve. And it's just a trend that he seemed to, to notice just from being a young manager. He adapts as the game goes on and not necessarily always starts correctly. Well, it's better than the opposite. So. Uh, sure. But sure. To, to the point Alex made earlier, Ancelotti does what he does. And if you notice when Real Madrid won La Decima, it was more or less, hey, Bale, Ronaldo, you guys just... Enjoy it. Do whatever you want. He even says he's not really all that hands-on. And you saw it with Bayern Munich. He's not. He told them, do whatever you like. But Zidane is almost more Mourinho than he is Ancelotti in yeah. controlling every little thing that these guys do. Um, before we move on to the next game, who to go through here? I think Madrid for me. Yeah, Madrid. I mean, I picked Bayern. Right, so still? I'm just going to stick with it because... Yeah. Principle. Yeah, I'm right or die like that. Right, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Personal <laughs> philosophies. <My goodness. laughs> um, Real Madrid, yeah. Um, okay. But just a, just a quick shout out to Xabi Alonso's Instagram game. If you haven't checked it out, my God. I mean, it's incredible. incredible. Yeah, it's what does incredible. he do? I mean, one, he looks phenomenal. Yeah. Two, yes. he dresses phenomenally. Three, his wife looks phenomenal. Three reasons to follow him right now. How can you not okay, have... Let's, let's, I'll, I'll follow him. What does he not Just do? a quick example. The latest is of him... Sitting in his hotel room with a view of the, I guess it's the Bernabeu, yeah. with his feet up on the on the ledge, and it just it's just like coming back home, or, coming back yeah. home to a magnificent stadium. So it's just majestic. True. Um, last but not least, Barca Juve. This was a game where really it showed that Barca had ran the like like they should not be here at this point. Um, they luckily got past PSG. They don't really deserve to be where they are right now. Mm -hmm. That was a crazy one-in-a-lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. And Juve again exposed them. Um, Luis Enrique started with a ridiculous lineup. He played Mathieu in the back three, <laughs> who's been horrendous. He then brought on somehow Gomes to save the game. Where was Umtiti playing? It was he was only, there. He was well, there. It was like left back or something? No, it was back three and uh, what's his name? Uh, Mathieu was like wide. Well, is there any excuse whatsoever for playing Jeremy and Mathieu? No. No. Absolutely nudes. Not. He has his nudes. I he might have his nudes. What, are, what could be worse than that is bringing on Andre Gomes. Yeah. I mean, have you seen that meme going around about the, the, the fourth official when he's doing the substitution looking over at Andre Gomes and the captions on the meme is all like, even when the fourth official is surprised you're coming on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think this is one too far for Barca at this point. I mean, people are talking about comebacks and stuff. Juve will score a goal. We know this. Now, will Barca score, what, five? Six? Five. It's it's just uh, the thing about this game is to me it epitomizes most of their season. Sure, they're second in La Liga, whatever, but they live and die by that front three. Yeah. And the midfielders being Andre Gomes and whoever doesn't help, but they live and die by those guys. It's unbelievable how I'll say Messi was not poor, yeah. but still well, not effective. Player. And Neymar and Suarez were horrible yeah, Neymar went back to form which is bad form and I really want to see them step it up because they have to they have no choice I mean quickly, this is quickly last two games Barca have played in Europe lost 3-0 to Juventus lost 4-0 to PSG well, well with home uh, like, away games away games away. Yeah. but Dybala may not play not that, that like, Nick, he he has an ankle injury from the Pescara game. He renewed his contract. That's his <laughs> Um Yeah, no, Dybala. I mean, to to point out him. I mean, he was fantastic that game, and he the, the whole team just looked so well drilled. And you exactly. I mean, 
think I was watching that game and thinking, if you can get Mandzukic to play well as a wide player, you've you've achieved Nirvana. Like you're done. Well, this is the thing. Allegri went through the season, and I can't remember what system he started out with. It might have been like a three at the back thing. And halfway through, Juve was still winning games, obviously, but they weren't playing as well as he wanted. And he wanted to try and get all his attacking players in Mandzukic, Iguain, and Dybala. And so he came up with four two three one with Mandzukic on the left. Yes. Like, it's it's bizarre, but it works. Uh, to explain exactly the genius of Allegri and why I think he's a much better manager than his counterpart, the Napoli, they played Napoli twice, I think in the Copa or something like that, but they right. played them twice. He literally played an offensive tactic in the first game <laughs> and then played a defensive tactic in the second game, and he literally said... He's prepping for this. Wait, adapting? He, he used Napoli and did tactically, basically played one game attacking, <laughs> the next game defensive against Napoli, yeah. just in essence to practice for Barcelona. That is Napoli who, who look a lot like Barcelona in terms of the front three and yeah. the way they play. And, I mean, adapting your tactics to the opposition, that is foreign to me. Hmm, here we go. Yeah. 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 Just, but just... but we'll, we will leave that alone, Blood. Yeah, blood fam. <laughs> fam. All right, fam, blood fam. I think that will do it for this week because we're degenerating. TFC um, lost two one, but we won't talk about. Yes, that. Yes, TFC did lose two one, but we'll, we'll talk about them when there's something more positive to report. I right. Think. All right. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.